BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. In modern day America, the corporations run our lives. But one man is prepared to take our country back. This summer, meet a superhero like no other. Pooter Tang, one bad brother, man. Pooter Tang whipped your butt so bad that you can write it off on your taxes. Side I take. Since the inception of Pootie Tang's ad campaign, sales are down 30%. He steals from me. I want him dead. Dead, dead, Pootie! Pootie done did it again! Paramount Pictures presents, in association with MTV Films and Chris Rock Productions. We got Pootie Tang in the house tonight. A man too cool for words. So let's listen up to the new record by Puda Tank. Turn that noise down. Pudi don't need no words, don't even need no music. You could set my body ablaze, you skinny, wonderful man. Lance Crowther. Wanda Sykes. Give me some more of your juicy neck bone one more time. And Chris Rock. Daddy? You damn right I'm your daddy. Pootie Tag. You are funny, man. Side I take. Welcome to They Call This Movie, testing the strength of friendships, one terrible movie at a time. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and other podcast services by searching They Call This Movie. We are part of the Main Damie Network, and to find more from us, check out the website at themaindamie.com or on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TheMainDamie. We are also now a proud member of Geek Vibes Nation. You can find them at gvnation.com. Welcome back to They Call This Movie. This is Anthony Delvecchio. With me, as always, is Dan Aquino and Mark Meyer. Say hello, gentlemen. I'm really looking forward to what Mark has to say for his bit on this movie. I know it's going to be something. I know it's going to be something. Hit us. Come on. So that's what the name of the website means? Uh, <laughs> I I was not expecting that. I thought you were going to go full like character actor. Oh, I can't do the I can't do the booty tang words. The whole thing with with that part. It's one of the great things I love about our name for the website is that it's one of those if you know, you know. Yep. Sort of names. 
Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's what makes it great. And I was reminded by how great it is in the first five minutes of this movie before we get into that. Well, before we get into everything, I just want to say happy episode 100, fellas. Yeah. We did it. We did it. So we this is not it. officially episode. This is like the 100th movie we've done. So we've had a couple of, mo- a couple of episodes here and there where they're not really movies. So if you look on like the feed, it's probably like 102 episodes. But this is... For all intents and purposes, numbered episodes. This is episode 100, so congrats. And we picked the movie that means a lot to this website. But before we get into that, guys, have you watched anything this week? Uh, yeah, actually, I watched the the King with Timothy Shamalat Shamale. Right. I don't know how you pronounce it. The, the kid from Shamalala. Dune. Sure. Shyamalama Ding Dong. <laughs> yeah, I, I watched that. That was pretty good. He, he's actually a decent actor, that kid. Yeah, film Twitter seems to love him. I think he's fine. I don't yeah. get the whole falling in love with this kid thing. I think he's just I, okay. I think he's handsome. He's a good-looking kid. I mean, yeah, if you like that sort of thing. Listen, I'm not saying that <laughs> I like him only because he's handsome. I'm just, I get it. I get why kids, the kids nowadays, love them some... T I don't I don't know any nickname for him. T Shams. T Sham? Yeah, he's he's got that flowing hair. He's he's got a good bone structure going on there. He's, yeah. Again, I mean it, the king had some pretty good talent in it as well. Like Mendelssohn is in it. Or Mendelssohn I can't pronounce any Mendelssohn? Yeah, he's in it for just for a little bit, but I like him. But yeah, that, that was a good movie. I I've been so busy when I come home from work just doing stuff around the house. And we try to watch some movies. We watched The Witcher. When we have dinner, we'll be sitting down watching The Witcher. And again, another good-looking guy, man. Henry Cavill. Good bone structure. There's there's something going on there. That one I won't disagree with. Yeah. Well, I don't know how old Tim is. Like, it's not weird to say he's handsome, right? No, he's not 17. He's like okay. in his 20s. <laughs> okay, he's of Dan age. was worried for a second. <laughs> I didn't want to... This, this is a part of Pootie Tang that I want to get into. But I don't want to be, I don't want to sound creepy. Obviously, Henry Cavill's a grown-ass man, so it's okay to say he's handsome. But I didn't want to tiptoe that line. And I, I don't know when The Witcher Season 2 comes out, but I, I don't know how you guys feel about it, but I really enjoyed The Witcher. I thought it was, even on the second viewing, I thought it was just as good and maybe even better. And then I've watched the first three episodes of The Boys Season 2. Okay. Yeah, I haven't watched either of those, so... Witcher or The Boys? Right. Have you seen the first season of The Boys? Nope. Interesting. Uh, You just don't want to see it, or you just haven't? No, I just haven't gotten around to it. There's so many many things. So many things. I'm going to assume that Mark hasn't watched anything this week. I've watched one thing. Watch one thing. Okay, what would you watch? Lay it okay. on us. Not, not going to go into deep detail because we're actually doing a podcast on it and on another podcast. I watched the uh, first three episodes of High Score okay. uh, this week. It's pretty good so far. I mean, it's definitely made for a mass audience. We can get into deep detail when we talk about it on the Game Ball Pod sometime soon. The one thing in that, I think it's either, I think it's episode two or three, the one where they talk about adventure games. And I don't know if it would be awesome to have Roberta Williams as like a mother grandmother, or she would just be annoying as hell. Just how excited she gets about, you know, the stories and mm-hmm. creating the stories. I'm like, I don't know if it'd be one of those like, oh, this is a cool mom. We're doing a story together. It's like, mom, just shut up. And I, I don't care anymore mm-hmm. <laughs> about your stories. I wanted more of, of them than they paid more attention to the other guy. I forget his name. 
but I'm more interested in them and Sierra and stuff like that. So I wish they would have went more into that. But yeah, I liked what I've seen so far. I actually played the uh, Nintendo World Championships game. I completely legally found it. I didn't download it. And it was just, which reminded me of the Blockbuster video game challenge, which I found out as well. But um, I recommend it for anybody. I'm not fully done yet. But yeah, that is the one thing I watched because I wanted to at least get through it before we, because I thought we might have been doing it on Friday. But it looks like with all the news that came out this week, we'll probably postpone it till the next episode. Gotcha. Okay. I watched one thing this week, and I watched two seasons of it, and I watched Cobra Kai from beginning to end, and it was awesome. (laughs) I loved every minute of it. Is it essentially Karate Kid from Johnny's perspective? They're grown men. Dan Daniel's kind of a dick. It takes it from his perspective, but it's 30 years later, and they're both dealing with still living in the same town and Daniel's like a successful car dealer and he is still super into karate and, and Johnny is not the success that he hoped he would be. And then he starts Cobra Kai up again. It's so much fun. It's got a great soundtrack. So eighties, Paul Walter Hauser shows up out of nowhere for no reason in season two. And he's fantastic in it. I've heard season two is great. Like a lot of people are all over it. I loved it. <laughs> is it better than the first season? I, I watched them all at the same time. So it really wasn't, I really didn't sit there and be like, okay, now it's season two. I'm going to compare and contrast. It just I watched it all in. in one kind of chunk. So it's really good. Like the character, the character development and character arcs are very interesting. Some of the, the kids are real, are pretty good. Some of the, some of the karate here and there, like you could tell some picked it up better than others. But the end, the like the final episode has like a one epic battle, which is really well done, really well shot, well choreographed. Now, is it all like sanctioned karate, or are they like out on the streets doing this stuff? Because in one of the Karate Kids, doesn't that happen, or is it the Karate Kid where they they corner Dan and it's like at a shipyard or something like that? <laughs> I mean, there's always a scene. Yeah, but there's there's a little bit of both. There's they okay. they go to the all the all valley championships. They do that in season one but there's a lot in between that okay yeah, yeah, i want to see this crease comes back really spoilers but well spoilers now i don't want to <laughs> thanks it's great uh anybody that's into 80s movies or karate kids specifically if you haven't watched it highly suggest it i really can't see why you would dislike it yeah i i enjoyed the first movie. i've never seen any of the other karate kids i've only seen the original karate kid i've now, seen it, the one with hillary swank that's <laughs> new three? karate kid Yes, okay. the new Karate Kid. I've never, I've never seen that. Just again, sticking with the original. I don't need to see the sequels. I feel like. Well, they're they're all loosely connected anyway. So. Yeah. Basically, through the teacher. Mm-hmm. Right. He's yeah. he's the the thread that connects all the Karate yeah. Kids. Yes, Mr. Miyagi. Yes. There's three with Daniel Larusso and one with Hilary Swank, and then there's the other one we don't mention. <laughs> But that's all I watched this week, uh, except for this movie. So this was originally going to be Mark's week, but yeah. as this was episode 100, we were trying to figure out something very special for this week and then took and some I, time thinking about it. And I got shot down with suggesting a full Fast and Furious marathon. Ugh. Yep, you will always <laughs> get shot the, down. The, the one time I'll ever agree with Anthony on something. <laughs> Vetoing the Fast and Furious franchise. All eight so, movies? All of them. Every <laughs> single one of them. So if you ever listen to us, you'll know that the main website is themaindamey.com. 
And that name is straight from the 2001 film Pootie Tang. So we thought, what better movie to watch for episode 100 of They Call This Movie than Pootie Tang? So, gentlemen, where are you coming from with Pootie Tang? Well, right off the bat, I hate this movie. Secondly... As I was watching this with Jen, she questioned, like, why, why, why are you watching this? And I said, well, it's the the website's named after. Her. Like, oh, really? I never knew that. And I said, yeah, you know, it's it was Anthony's idea essentially. And I was, well, where did it come from? Because it was essentially an inside joke about how you guys love this movie and I don't like it. So whenever we spoke about this movie, uh, Mark, I don't think you were around for this one yet. But uh, Anthony and some of our other friends would just constantly say the jive talk to me as if that was going to make me enjoy it more, right? I'd be like, I hate this movie. Like, oh, what are you, what are you talking about, man? Sign your pity on the runny time. That doesn't help anything. Why would that make me like this movie? See, this is the second time I've ever watched it. And I did, I'm not going to lie and say I didn't laugh. I definitely laughed at some parts. And looking back on it now where some of the actors have gone on to be more prominent you know jb smooth he's like one of my favorites he's great and again i just i laughed at some parts but overall i just i don't get this movie i don't i get it i don't get why you like it i'll say <laughs> how about that i i understand why why people would like this movie but i don't get why you like it okay what about you mark well this is my first time seeing it in probably a decade or more I like this movie, but I don't think I've watched it as much as you, Ant. I don't remember if you introduced it to me or you mentioned it in college or something, and then I watched it on my own, but it was definitely around that time that I first saw it. But yeah, it's one of those movies where after coming back to it to a decade, I was a little worried about it, you know, 2020 perspective on some things, but um, I was pleasantly surprised as I got a huge chuckle in the first five minutes of the movie when yeah, he's interviewed by Bob Costas. And I was just like, all right, here we go. I remember why I like this. This movie is one of those that I can't explain to other people um, why they should watch it. It's, it's one of those where I'm just like, you just watch it. And if you like it, fine. You know, it, there's not going to be any convincing to it, but I would recommend everybody to at least give it a chance. Okay. Yeah. I named our website the main namey because of this movie, so I, I think that explains my perspective of this movie. I love this movie. I remember the first time I heard about it, I think it was an old, it must have been like the 2000 video, the MTV Movie Awards or the 2001 MTV Movie Awards where Lance Crowther shows up to present an award in in character along with Chris Rock. And he's doing the, all the jive talk. That's the first time I heard about it. And then I I must have watched it 2001, 2002 when it came out on VHS. I It just cracks me up. I probably haven't seen this movie in 10 years either. I've always loved it, but it's not something that pops up often yeah. on television. So it's not something that I just like catch accidentally. It's one of the most poorly put together films I've ever seen in my <laughs> entire life. And a lot has to do with the studio really edit did a heavy edit so there's probably a louis ck cut somewhere oh the ck cut we'll We'll never see that one which we'll never see ever that will never see the light of day so 
that's part of the reason. I mean, even the na- the narration is not something that he wanted. I think Roger Ebert gave it like a half a star and said this shouldn't have been shown to studio audiences or theater audiences because it just wasn't prepared enough to be an actual film. And Louis C.K. agreed with that statement. <laughs> so, uh, so he basically like his vision was compromised. compromised. Yep. Where's the hashtag? Release the C.K. cut. He never really, uh, he never fought for it. No. Even before everything came to light with him, he never, this was his over the top. Right, yeah. Right, where Stallone never liked over the top. Yeah. This this was him, like, just, I want to forget about this movie. And I agree with him. (laughs) I agree so hard with him. I don't agree with his choices, mind you. I'm not saying I agree with that. I'm saying with this choice and his his comment, Mm -hmm. because, yeah, it's so poorly edited. And this kind of brings a whole new light to this movie for me because I thought, and they they leaned heavily into black exploitation here. Mm-hmm. So I figured I was like, oh, you know, that's kind of like that's the the gritty feel to it with with how it was edited and put together, but apparently not. So I guess he really had a vision for this movie that just it it I was unfortunately never going to make it. Mm-hmm. So the narration is very jarring a lot of the times and it's kind of all over the place it's not very it's not a very cohesive movie no i think what because this has created kind of a cult following since it's since its release and it's uh, once it hit vhs and dvd and i think part of it is because the humor comes from such an absurdist world where there are things that work and that work despite its shoddy presentation like the whole concept of this guy that just everyone can understand him even though he's talking nonsense and becomes like the superstar and like all these ridiculous things of like the track that he releases that's just dead air and then becomes huge i think i'm just drawn to absurd stuff i mean i think this could have been adult swim before adult swim like if you said like we're gonna make this show called pootie tang put it on Adult Swim, it would have fit right in with the Tim and Eric's of the world, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, with this yeah. sort of humor that they're that they're going for for this film. I think if this movie is made a little later, where some of these people, like I, like I was saying, like JB Smoove is now, like people are really starting to, he, he's in bigger movies. I think this movie does better with audiences now. I, you you have JB Smoove, you have Chris Rock in there, Dave Attell. Andy Richter, obviously Kristen Bell has a very small role in this at the end. David Cross is in it. Not a lot of people know who Todd Barry is, but he's a, he's a very good comedian. Todd Glazier is in it, the guy from Parks and Rec, Jeremy Jam. I don't know if you remember that guy. Yeah, he plays the the board operator yes, in the studio. He, yeah, he's like the the tech. Like Missy Elliott's in it. Bob Costas is by far the best part of this movie, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Conan O'Brien, Gwyneth Paltrow make they make appearances. It's a it's a solid cast, and yeah. I think if it's made where these people at they're pretty much at the height of their star power, some of these people, I think it does a little better. Yeah, I I noticed all of those things that you had mentioned. With I, I just gave it up to I was thinking maybe they were satiring those type of movies, you know, and that's why the editing was bad. I didn't know about all that stuff Ant had brought up about Louis C.K with the way the movie was chopped to hell. Bob Costas fits in perfectly yeah. with, with the absurdist part and the fact that they got him to say the jive talk stuff. 
is amazing. And knowing his background, he's all—he's the probably one of the only sportscasters that would be game for that in that era to go to just do that, you know, without knowing what the outcome was going to be. The other great thing is just the sheer fact that it felt like, at least from my viewing, everybody seemed to go for it. Nobody felt like the writing was like beneath them or anything no, in this. You I know, agree. even Chris Rock, who could have very easily felt that this was beneath him because he's probably him and Missy Elliott were probably the two biggest stars at the time in 2001 in that whole movie. This this originated as a sketch from the Chris Rock show. Oh, that I did not know. Louis C.K. was head writer on the Chris Rock show, and this was a sketch that came from it. Okay. Uh, yeah. And Bob Costas, Bob Costas also in 1998 did basketball. So this, yes. is, yeah, yeah, he he loves this weird shit. It, it, <laughs> him at the ever, end is, is great. So good. What, what did you the say? hell did you just say? <laughs> oh, I, I lost that. That's one of the funniest parts of the movie. And how how nervous Pootie is. He, it's so good. And <laughs> his interaction with Wanda Sykes, like you you watch. I will. Good. It is good. <laughs> it, it's, because it's you're it's right because it's so absurd that bob costas who has called so many great uh sports moments throughout the years and like so well respected would be <laughs> would, would actually like not only be in this movie but be like like full tilt into it like he's best friends with this guy he understands everything he says <laughs> and just like but it's cool like that's how cool bob costas is i guess right it's like yeah, yeah he would be down with it yeah yeah, it didn't look like a money grab or anything for him at all. He genuinely, his acting felt like he was into it. Yeah, um, he was in on the joke. He was in on the joke, yeah. But every scene with him was so great. Cool. That's the longest movie clip I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> but you're Pootie Tang. Right. So. <laughs> Pootie Tang is written and directed by Louis C.K. As mentioned, is based on a character he created for The Chris Rock Show. Stars Lance Crowther, J.B. Smoove, Jennifer Coolidge, Wanda Sykes, Robert Vaughn, Reg E. K- Kathy, J.D. Williams, Mario Joyner, David Tell, Laura Keitlinger, and Bob Costas as himself. IMDb score of 5.3 and a Rotten Tomato score of 27%. Budget $7 million and box office 3.3. So this was a bomb on a not a, not a very big budget either. Yeah. But yeah. This is, it's one of my favorite, uh, it's not one of my favorite movies, but it's one of my favorite movies, uh, comedies from that era. The aforementioned Basketball is one of them as well. Just these stupid fucking movies from that era. Well, isn't Robert Vaughn in Basketball as well? He is. He is, right? (laughs) Yeah, so, I mean, he must have been another one who was just kind of like, yeah, I'll embrace the absurdity. I like Basketball more than this movie. I feel like it's a little bit more coherent. It's better put together as well. Yeah, but it's not a good movie. <laughs> no, but I it's, love it. It's funny because we, whenever Pootie Tang comes up, we always talk about the the paradox that is Pootie Tang, where it does this whole thing where it's so bad that it's, it becomes good. It like circles the globe yep. and comes back to being good. I think same thing could be said for basketball, where it's so bad. But it, it has its moments. Like, you're going to laugh at parts. And mm-hmm. the same thing with Booty Tang. You're going to laugh. Yeah. Yeah, I think one of my favorite parts is the running joke of Chris Rock and the other yeah. guy, Lacey. <laughs> I know it's hot out. I just said it. Yeah, but I'm just saying, you know, it's hot out. Yeah, that, I, I that, love when he freaks out in the diner. <laughs> right. That's, that's not Booty Tang. I know it's not Booty Tang. I just I said just, it's not Booty Tang. <laughs> 
but then there there's like there's those parts that are are great like legit hilarious and then you have parts where chris rock as the father is mauled by a gorilla (laughs) (laughs) but it's absurd but like why does that need to be like it's too absurd it's only the third time a gorilla attack has happened at that steel mill man i I remember that (laughs) it doesn't help the joke to me oh it is it's so funny (laughs) but that's what i mean it'll be like You'll get some parts where it's moving along fine, and it's funny, it's funny, it's funny. And then it's almost like a, a jarring joke comes in. It, like, really halts the, like the the momentum, for me at least. But, it, is a long, know, it is a long gorilla mauling scene, I'll say. Yeah. They probably yeah. could have cut that short a little bit. <laughs> it it, it would have been funny if it's, you know, like, oh, you know, Pootie's mom dies, and then tragedy strikes two weeks after, and when his father is fatally mauled by a gorilla, and, like, you just see him working and then all of a sudden the gorilla tackles him and smash cut to him on the bed but you know listen they they did it the way they wanted to do it i guess although i will say there is a funny part in that scene where chris rock is being beaten up by a guy in a gorilla suit (laughs) and there's someone else in the background just continuously working (laughs) (laughs) yeah there's nothing going on behind him he's just he's doing his work so that part is kind of kind of funny yeah, now I don't I don't know because I haven't seen this movie in a long time, but I have a feeling the way we're talking about Pootie Tang is how I feel about conversations I have with people about Napoleon Dynamite. You know, oh, where somebody may love or hate it, but you can always strike up a conversation mentioning the absurd moments that happen in it. Sure, it's one of those things like even somebody, oh that movie's terrible, I hate it. You go, yeah, but what about the llama or whatever? <laughs> and somebody goes, yeah, that's pretty funny. You know, like just hearing what Dan was saying about it i was like oh i i remember a conversation with people that didn't like napoleon dynamite but yeah this movie it just i think what i liked about the absurd humor part of it is i just i couldn't predict some of the jokes which is what made it great to me like the, the girl mauling and the way they introduced biggie shorty i believe character it just reminded me why i love those moments in these movies all right you guys want to get into the plot if there is one I'm that exists to say like the is there really something to get into plot wise? It's really just <laughs> we could just ramble about this movie and that would be the plot. Yeah. Dan, what do you got for us of the week? All right. So as always, just giving a quick shout out to our good friend Tia from the Top Ten with Tia podcast that is on Geek Vibes Nation. It's a podcast where Tia and her friends get together, they have a few laughs, they discuss their top ten lists. So definitely go give her a listen. You could follow her on uh, Twitter, it's at TC underscore Stark. She's a big fan of ours. Uh, we love her. Thank you for uh, listening and giving us a shout out as well. So yeah, go check her out. Okay. And we are going to take a minute to listen to some messages from friends of the podcast, and we will be right back. Hey everyone, this is Steve. And this is Adam. And we're part of the Hop Nation USA podcast. Pittsburgh's number three craft beer podcast. Join us every Friday for new beer reviews. We'll talk about the news, history, and homebrewing. Plus, we'll sit down with the best brewers and industry personalities that'll have us. So whether you're a casual drinker, a hazy boy hophead, or even if you're a whale hunting cellar hoarder, just search Hop Nation USA on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher and join the nation. All 
Oh, hi. Didn't see you there. It's me, George, from the best little horror house in Philly. The show where we talk about the best horror movie ever made, according to our guest at least. We've talked about groundbreaking classics like Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Alien, but we've also got a lot of great ones coming up, including some very fun guests like Len Kabazinski of Swamp Zombies and Red Letter Media fame, Caroline Williams, the star of Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, and Chase Williamson from John Dies at the End. So make sure you're subscribed to the best little horror house in Philly, and I'll see you boils and ghouls over there. And welcome back, and now it's time to get into the plot for Pootie Tang. We open on a Bob Costas interview show as he interviews Pootie Tang himself, who's labeled as an international superstar. Pootie has a new movie called Sign Your Pity on the Runny Kind, which then Bob Costas segues into showing a clip of the movie. Uh, so the movie that we see is the clip, so it's essentially a movie within a movie of sorts, or I guess a movie clip within a movie of sorts. One of the things I like in this one is that Pootie is naming the people in it, and he goes, JB, Trucky, Lacey, Biggie Shorty, and Robert Vaughn. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do like how this movie's very meta. Yeah. That's that's a pretty interesting part to it. Yeah, yeah, and and this was the first part of the absurdist Bob Costas saying the name of the movie. <laughs> Sign your pity on the runny kind. <laughs> I I just I would just love to get behind the scenes and know how many takes it took him. <laughs> so we get a VO from Trucky over a bunch of stock footage as Trucky talks about the wage gap and it's all thanks to Dick Lecter who is the head of corporate America as they put it. But there's only one man that could stop him, and that's Pootie Tang. We then cut to a drug deal between Bad Biddy and Dirty D. <laughs> dirty D does all the dirty oh. deeds for corporate America. They set to exchange drugs and money, but Dirty D wants to test the drugs, so they get try to get Kid, the dumbest kid in town, to try them. <laughs> and then Pootie Tang comes in and breaks up the drug deal. The Dirty D joke is my one of my favorite bits in this movie. It's been so long since I've seen this movie that when they were offering the kid crack, I thought the kid was going to do it. <laughs> but this this movie, it's not what you think it is. Like there there's hardly any cursing in it. It's actually a very tame movie. Yep. Right? So like they're not really going to have this kid smoke crack, are they? I mean, I feel like that's not a good message that to send to anybody regardless of what movie, what kind of movie you're you're shooting here. <laughs> Thankfully they don't do that. That was another thing. Uh, studio, I think the original Louis C.K. script was going to be more R-rated, and then the studio asked them to cut it down to PG-13. It's crazy. I, there's, I think the worst they say is bitch. Yeah, bitch and hose. Yeah. Say hose. I, I just love Pootie's dance when he gets out of the car. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so, it's so ridiculous. I just love the every shot where Pootie Tang either is staring like straight on in front of the camera and he's either dropping a watata or the sadate or dances. Yeah. Those are my favorite shots of the entire movie because they just stop the movie dead in their tracks just to do these stupid little things. Yeah, that's what I mean. That like, it's just the the movie w w won't be able to really gain momentum because it does stuff like that. Like a, a joke won't land or They'll focus on something that's really not that funny. But I will I will admit when there are parts where Pootie Tang is like dancing around <laughs> and it's just so silly that it is very funny. I, when he's dodging bullets, it's great. Yeah. It is funny. I think it's a pretty 
well-known scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've, I've, people use it all the time as a gif on Twitter. Yeah. So Pooty Tang comes and breaks up the drug deal. So both Bad Biddy and Dirty D, they shoot at Pooty, who dodges the bullets and uses his ponytail to deflect them. Then he uses his belt to beat up some thugs. Dirty D tries to get away, but Pooty jumps into the window of the car and forces Dirty D into a car wash, which leaves him all clean. And then he looks straight in the camera and says, Sarate! <laughs> that scene of the car coming out of the car wash got me. Because I had that they went the extra mile to make him look pristine and white in everything he wore. Yeah, he looks that like an bit. angel. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was taking that bit one extra mile, and I loved it. The actor who plays Dirty D, Reggie Cathy, yep. he's another legit actor. Yeah. He's a good actor. Yeah, he's in Luke Cage. Yeah, he was in SWAT. I remember him in SWAT. And I, I think he was in Fan Stick. Yeah. Right? He's, what's his name's father? I think he's Johnny Storm's father. Yeah. And yeah, but he's, he's not a, the reason why that movie sucks. Oh, no, 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 not at all. <laughs> he, he's a good, like, I like him. He's very yeah. good. So... Even in this movie, he definitely he has some funny lines in it. <laughs> Dirty D's great. <laughs> Smacked yeah. him like a bitch. That's the best. That's probably the best line in. The, yeah. Towards the end. Tell my ass. <laughs> <laughs> There's a good outtake at the end of the movie when he's like, I can't hear you because I I have earplugs in, but ha ha. <laughs> he's in the wire. He's in. He Oz. was in the wire. That's right. Yeah. What is he there in the couple wire? Eyes. He is, he's a cop in the wire norman wilson is that him that's the that's the name on the wire okay. yeah i i do remember him i thought he was in the so is uh the, the kid who plays froggy is he's, in the wire he's also in oz yeah they i know they recycled actors on hbo for quite a while again just like real like real talent in this movie and it's just almost like a throwaway for some of these people yeah he's an emmy award winner i believe right? i wouldn't doubt it I think it seems like for House of Cards. He won an Emmy. Yeah. yeah good. He, he should. He's a very good actor. Oh, he died in 2018. Rest in peace. Really? Oh, yeah. shit. I did not know that. Well, he was a very good actor, I, I will say. I am sorry to hear that. He won Outstanding Guest Actor in a Drama Series in 2015. Nominated three times for the same role. 59 years old. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. And we cut to the credits to the movie within a movie, Sign Your Pity on the Run Kind, a song sung by 702, which was a girl group, I suppose. Yes. Jen so. thought that was 3LW, by the way. She was, I mean, if you told me it was, I wouldn't have known. Oh, no, I'm sorry. TLC, she thought it was. She thought it was yeah. TLC. That at least, at least 3LW would have been time. <laughs> that's not, time. That's Is this not... post-left eye? Yeah. 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 <laughs> that's not... What's that group, TLC? Like, no. Oh, my God, no. <laughs> How dare you? So we cut to 1979. As Trucky says, Booty Tang grew up in a small town just outside Gary, Indiana, called Chicago. <laughs> Find out that Pootie was born, and when he started to grow up, everyone realized that he had his own language. As a kid, Pootie Tang has a way with the ladies, specifically adult women, even though he's, like, seven. <laughs> That's the part that... When I, when I was uh, alluding to with the whole Timothy Chalamet thing, yeah, it's creepy, man. They really insinuate that Kid Pootie is just nailing all these grown women, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I feel like in any time period, that's kind of suspect, right? Sure. Okay, so it's not just me. Like, I'm not being a buzzkill. No, it's it. I mean, it's played as a joke as underage boy to 
adult women always is played as a joke. I mean, yeah. 12 years later, That's My Boy came out, and that was the crux of that whole movie. Yeah. <laughs> the, the Adam Sandler movie, right? Yeah, where yeah. he nails his teacher. Yeah. It, he's like 12. To me, it's I don't think I ever found that stuff funny. It's just it's it always just came across as creep. Growing up, you know, since we're guys, we always would. I know when I was in school, like, oh, yeah, the teacher's hot. This person's hot, blah, blah, blah. It was just like, yeah, it's weird. Like, it's very frowned upon for a reason. Yeah. yeah. The only thing in this entire sequence that made me laugh was the just the camera shot of when she was throwing the things out at him. And he's and just the, standing he, there. Just standing there. <laughs> yeah. oh, that kid is might be the worst actor ever. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he's supposed to be a good actor, right? No, his reaction shots are just stone face. Yeah, it's just like, him no standing reaction. there. I, I laughed I, I harder and harder the more stuff she threw out. Well, so when she throws the big wheel out, that's pretty yeah. fun. Right. <laughs> Damn you, Pootie Tang, don't go. <laughs> I think the difference here is that that's my boy. It's there's ramifications and there's it's straight up like no, he fucked his teacher. Mm-hmm. It's different because it's it's again it's a PG thirteen. They don't go. They don't take that extra step. It's just like oh well, the ladies love him, but Pootie stays away from the ladies. Really, it's good. That's what his his dad teaches him. But it's also there's no consequence. You know, it's like it's sort of almost like in the same thing that in Looney Tunes you could see. Daffy Duck get blown up or Wally Coyote fall off a cliff, but there's no consequence. So it's the violence is okay. Right. Yeah. Like no one gets hurt. Essentially. Right. And that, there's, yeah, they don't, they insinuate, but they never right. confirm. Right. For all we know, little Pootie could have just been hanging out. Yeah. They just love him. So they give him milk and cookies. Yeah. No nookie. No nookie. No nookie. Was that big? Was That was around when this movie came out, right? I think that was late 90s. Yeah. Okay, so it's in that in the ballpark. Yeah. As we mentioned, we see a grown woman throw all his things out of her apartment. And then we meet Pootie's parents. Chris Rock plays his dad, who has the belt. Daddy Tang tells him to stay away from women and keep his head in the books. And they say, Dad is always there. So we see a shot of Trucky and him about to steal some apples. And <laughs> the belt comes out of nowhere and <laughs> slaps him on the hand before he can take the, it. The kid actor playing Trucky is just great. Seeing that with that looking be, around. They, they might. I think they went back in time and and got JB Smoove when he was 11 years old. <laughs> that was like pitch perfect casting. But Unless again, that's like I guess it, we would know in the credits if it was his actual son. But yeah. I don't think so. The, like, once again, the little kid that's playing Booty is just he's like smiling throughout the entire scene, yeah. pulling right out of it. <laughs> I'm glad that we found one thing that you don't like about this movie, and it's a little kid. I, I actually think it's funny. Like it, it's, it's so on brand for you, by so the terrible. way. Anyone who knows Anthony knows that he hates kids. That's true. I do. So, so it's very on brand that you would not like little Pootie. <laughs> so Pootie's mom dies when he's young, and then two weeks later, his dad is mauled by a gorilla at the steel mill. <laughs> Only the third time that's happened at the steel mill. So dumb. It, it, again, just totally. <laughs> It makes no sense for a movie that makes no sense. If that if, if that makes sense, right? It's just it's a it's beyond absurd. I love it. It doesn't even make sense why Louis C.K. would write that into the movie. <laughs> That's not his type of comedy. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. On his deathbed, his dad gives him his belt, and he tells him, as long as you have right on your side, you can whip anyone's ass with that belt. It gives him a warning and tells him, don't let the ladies come between him and the belt. Then we cut to present day, and Pootie Tang has it all. He's got a music deal, he's in movies, has fancy clothes and fan- and famous friends and fancy cars, and the women love him. 
But Pootie doesn't let it all go to his head because he likes to give back to the community by doing PSAs for children, telling them to recycle and eat good food, <laughs> go to school and all that kind of good stuff. So he's really giving back. I think what this scene lets people know that's watching it is that the whole population, there's probably a better word for it, has completely bought into Pootie Tang's language because none of it is played as weird or strange. Like, everybody knows what he means mm -hmm. in this. And it's just funny using the PSA thing where I'm still confused at times what certain phrases mean. <laughs> because they use them in this PSA and in different moments that wouldn't be safe for kids. I think I'm more admiring that they made an entire language, you know, <laughs> for a movie as a person that's writing a story <laughs> for our D&T podcast. Just the fact that I wish I could create an entire language that people would get a kick out of and even partially understand sure well, he, it's not like he has an entire language right he really only has three or four sayings throughout the entire movie right he's got his his set sayings it's sadate wadata he says sign your pity on the run, runny time yeah runny kind main damey main damey so this is all like a fever dream really <laughs> he's he's speaking in tongue Right. But there are points where you could understand what he's saying. It's like even even you as the view, the viewer it's like, oh, yeah, no, I kind of I get through context clues. I know I understand <laughs> right. what he's saying. Right. There's a scene where Trucky is going like wants to go to the farm with Pootie. Yeah. And he's explaining how he's sorry and everything. And like, do you think you could forgive me? And then Pootie like, you know, Pootie says some gibberish and like, oh, OK, I understand what what that means now. But yeah, it's essentially you just you realize what he's saying through facial cues. Yep. And what the context of the the scene is. <laughs> so anyone could really understand him. Yeah. So Pootie's PSAs have pissed off Lecter Corp. His PSAs are affecting sales of Lecter Corp, which includes burgers, malt liquor, and cigarettes. <laughs> so then Pootie's crew is hanging out on the corner talking about how much Pootie kicks ass. JB, Lacey, and Trucky. They're all hanging out, and then Pootie Tang shows up, and Trucky asks Pootie if he's going to Biggie Shorty's party. We then find out who Biggie Shorty is, and it's Wanda Sykes in a wig, and she has designs to make Pootie Tang her man. She likes to dance on the street corner while listening to music on her headphones. I, I love that she committed to the bit of the same type of dance every time <laughs> she's introduced. Wanda she's Sykes is the MVP just, of this. Like, humping the air, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> she's the MVP of this movie. Yeah, she, uh, she is the best part. Over Bob Costas. I think she plays a bigger role. Oh, That's yeah. it. I well, love Bob Costas' part in this, but I don't love Wanda Sex in this movie. I, I would say I like the Lacey. I like his character more than I like Wanda Sykes. And all he does is just repeat things. <laughs> you know it's hot out. Yeah. <laughs> That's funnier to me than just Wanda Sykes dancing. That, that's really her, her gimmick. She just dances, and she wants to fuck Pootie. <laughs> uh, then we come back to the guys, and a limo shows up, and it's Lecter's right-hand man, Frank, played by David Tell. Frank is there to tell Pootie that Lecter wants Pootie to endorse Lecter's pork-flavored cereal, and Lecter is prepared to offer him $20 million for the year. And then Pootie says the nay-no to $20 million. <laughs> <laughs> How could you say the nay-no to $20 million? <laughs> Putang don't want to talk to the shaman cow. <laughs> yeah, it's again, man. You, you, you have David Tell. I don't, I don't know if David Tell had really reached popularity at in 2001. What right? Show, he, what show did he have? I'm sure. 
Well, he had, what was it, like late night? Insomniac. It was a late night. Insomniac, yes. Insomniac. I feel like it was about 2001. I think it was a little later. I remember watching that in college. Mm. He also had Dave's old porn, which did not do well, but <laughs> he had it. That was something he did. Have either of you ever seen him live? No. He's, Insomniac was 2001. It was, was okay. Time. So he was just getting, I guess he was just getting big. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, just real quick. Did I ever tell you I met David Tell? I feel he like, like I knew that. Yeah, he would hang out by the Port Authority. He looked like a guy who was trying to bum cigarettes off of people. <laughs> <laughs> He's a well-known comedian. Yeah. It's so weird. Life is weird, guys. <laughs> so the guys look over the contract. They say the contract has a whole bunch of other exclusions that he's not mentioning, including that he can't do the PSAs anymore. So Pootie tells Frank to leave and then slaps him in the face with the belt. And then we head back to Lecter's office where he makes plans with Irene, his hoochie mama chicken head, to find out what makes Pootie tick. Meanwhile, Pootie goes to the recording studio listening to a new track, and then he takes control of the soundboard and he brings down all the levels on the tracks until it's silent and then goes into the recording booth. And Pootie makes a whole bunch of crazy gestures and faces as if he were singing, but he's completely silent. The song, which again is a full-length song of complete silence, becomes an enormous hit. I just like the way this joke builds in the scene when he when it gets put on the radio. It's the thing where I said I couldn't predict where the jokes went. I mean, this was another one of them where you think it's going to be one of those things where it's like over and everybody's like, okay, it's done. But then it just cuts into everybody dancing as though there's music there. Yeah. And it's just amazing. <laughs> it's so, almost like uh, it's Austin Powers, essentially, right? The... Uh, the transitions is the transitions yeah. are Pootie just dancing to music and that's kind of what right isn't that the yeah. si- it's similar there's very there's a lot of similarities to austin powers yeah i can see yeah, that it, yeah it's interesting it's an yeah. interesting way to transition i'd say but it, it does kind of put a stop to the movie because yeah. we're in austin powers it's just like a real quick uh, little scene with Pootie tang it, it's like a minute <laughs> right it's just him dancing in a feather boa <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about a minute, but it's a long is time. only like 80 minutes long. I mean, the, the first scene of the movie, when they're introducing it, he's dancing. It feels like he's dancing for an eternity. <laughs> it is kind of long, but it's hilarious. Okay. As long as you... I'm glad that you're not like, oh, no, that, that's not right. That doesn't make sense. You're actually admitting that this Look, is what's happening. I love this movie for all its ridiculousness. If you tell me that something sucked... I'm like, okay, you think it sucks. I found that hilarious, but I'm not going to tell you it doesn't suck. <laughs> all right, well, as long as you're fair. That's all we ask on this podcast. Is I that think everyone if anyone fair. tells me that Pootie Tank sucks, I'm like, well, I could see why you think that. Because it's ridiculous, it's poorly put together, and it makes no sense. <laughs> but that's one of the fascinating things about human nature, don't you think? Yeah. Where something is so objectively terrible... But someone can find value in it. Yeah, sure. We've done a hundred episodes to that fact. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I mean, give or take. I mean, sometimes we'll review a movie where we're all like, yeah, this is good. But yeah, I mean, there are some movies that are just so bad, but people love them. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> so Pootie has a party at his own club called Pootie Tang's Tinny. And Missy Elliott is there and they sing a duet together, uh, <laughs> which is silly. After, after the performance, Pootie takes his shirt off and goes up to his penthouse. 
The woman that's there manages to cling on to him and get into the elevator with him, freaking out and wanting to spend the night with him. And then he gets to his door to his penthouse and manages to escape through the door from her and closes the door in her face. And she tells him that she can't do he can't do that to her. It's not right. So then he puts a saucer of milk out in the hallway and leaves it there for her. And she laps it up. Like and she that. drinks it. <laughs> oh, man. So disrespectful. So disrespectful. But fucking hilarious. I will say that. The voiceover of after that with JB Smooth talking about it when like like how how bad does it have to be like look at her drinking milk on her knees like, it's pretty good she's fine why Putin give that up cause she's crazy <laughs> cause she's crazy yeah so then Biggie Shorty is hanging out on the street corner dancing Putin Tang drives up in his Corvette and they talk for a minute she asks if he's coming to her to the party and he says what a ta and drives off. <laughs> Then Todd Barry and an old man drive up, mistaking her for a hooker, and they ask her how much it would cost for to for her to do both of them. So she smacks the old man in the mouth a couple times with her handbag and tells him that she's not hooking just because a girl wants to dress fancy and dance on a street corner next to a bunch of whores. You automatically think she's hooking. And then, she's <laughs> <laughs> and then she calls Todd Todd Barry a greasy bastard. Greasy, yeah, greasy My- bastard favorite line reading of this entire movie a greasy bastard <laughs> it's, that, and that's how they're credited on imdb yeah, greasy way. yeah they're greasy just that's it but it, again uh, if, people who might not know todd barry's just like his deadpan delivery i wish he had a couple more lines in it because it's they don't really he wasn't i guess he wasn't as big at that point yeah. man he could have he could have nailed that if they had <laughs> given him some more lines I wish they. I wish he had a bigger part. It's a good scene. I'll give it that. Uh, so then we have Biggie Shorty's party. JB and Lacey are talking about how difficult it is to get into Biggie Shorty's party, and Lacey pisses off JB by just <laughs> restating everything that JB said. And then Chucky's dancing with a girl who gets turned off by how he dances, and she walks off. So then he goes and tries to find her. Meanwhile, at the bar, Biggie Shorty talks to Pootie, telling him that they are destined to be together. Chucky continues to look for the girl he lost, and Irene runs up on him and starts giving him the most unpleasant hand job ever until he tells her Pootie's secret. Yeah. <laughs> Jennifer Coolidge is just amazing in everything she did back she, then. Yeah, she's funny. She she did rule the early 2000s, like these comedies. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She was your go-to kind of like bimbo. Yeah. But she's so funny. So Pootie leaves the club. Outside the club, a tweaker jumps Pootie with a knife, and Pootie manages to knock him out with the belt. When the guy comes to and tries to shoot Pootie, Pootie uses his belt buckle to deflect the bullets and deflects one back and hits the tweaker. So Pootie cries over the body, screaming to God in his weird language. And then the guy comes back to life and Pootie's like, oh, okay, never mind. Bye. <laughs> this is out. What is this... he? He says something really, like shot a shot a tay or something like that. Shot a tay? So yeah, like, oh, all right, shot a tay. <laughs> I will have to say this is my favorite scene in the movie for me. Okay. Just why? him, just him, him doing the really dumb emotional stuff in the scene where this guy and it's like Pootie never wanted to kill a man, but he's always sad when he does or whatever he says. Right. So he you has know? killed before. Yeah. <laughs> and then just just the acting in it was great, just because it's so over the top. Right. Um. I I, I do really love this the movie. So Pootie Tang goes to the grocery store and Irini literally runs into him and slaps him around. <laughs> <laughs> it's a wild scene. <laughs> Beating the shit out of Pootie Tang. <laughs> My favorite part is like, is she knocks over so much shit before she gets to him. 
Oh, like the pork rinds. Yeah, but she's just like she's just careening this cart down <laughs> down the aisle and just knocking over displays and then hits them. <laughs> I I like how uh, Lance acts in this scene where he just looks so helpless and just so yeah. beaten up. He's just like, what the what is going yeah. on here? We find out that Pootie's weakness is hoes, and Irene's a hoe. Right, she's a chicken head. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so Irene brings him back to her apartment. She gets his belt and gets him to sign an Electric Corp contract. And now public opinion is turning on Pootie. Everyone thinks that he's a sellout. The one, the one guy talking about his kid. <laughs> that that guy is fucking great. <laughs> he's one of the best actors in the movie. <laughs> yeah. He's so good. He's just a random guy. It's it's him and the Jamaican woman yeah. are so funny. Like the, 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 my kids came down to me like, Dad, why is he doing this? Like, I don't know, yeah. son. And it, but then like the kids are cursing. Like, damn. Yeah, it's the one curse. Like, why would he do this bullshit? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They respect me. They respect him more than they respect their daddy. Like that kid, and they show that guy a couple times. Yeah. He is so good. <laughs> and he's probably just like a. Ra- I maybe he was uh, like a PA. Right. Or maybe he was a random guy on the street. But if that's the case, that guy should have had a career. <laughs> So we have a break from the movie within the movie where we see Bob Costas again with Biggie Shorty now. <laughs> so good. Such a good scene. He comes at her hot asking why would Pootie do all this kind of stuff? And she's just like, well, you're not watching the fucking movie that I'm watching. <laughs> well, obviously, Irene drugged him. Then you don't know Pootie Tang. Oh, I don't know Pootie Tang. <laughs> like, he gets so offended. It's great. Well, just just watch. I will watch. Yeah, you should. <laughs> good. I will. Yeah. Good. <laughs> And Biggie Shorty basically says, if the world is going to fall for this mess, the world don't deserve Pootie Tang. What did, uh, Bob Costas asks Wanda Sykes how he's going to get over it. He just, she, he just needs some of my good loving. Yeah. <laughs> and he'll be okay. Yeah. And Bob Costas just kind of like, mm-hmm, okay. Like, yeah, like, all right, whatever. Pootie, messed up by the recent events, goes to the one woman that could help, Biggie Shorty. She consoles him. Brings her back to her place and they have sex. You know I'm going to have sex with you, right? <laughs> it's okay. Big Shorty's got you. Yep. <laughs> Clean you up. I'm going to have sex with you, too. <laughs> <laughs> so Pootie plans to leave town so he doesn't have to do any electors commercials. Big Shorty tells him to go to her mother's farmhouse and figure things out. And then meanwhile, in prison, Dirty D and his right-hand man, Froggy Meat, and Dirty D is planning his revenge against Pootie because they're making him take showers in prison. That's... <laughs> It's so good. The when he gets the piece of dirt and they make it seem like it's like a drug trade. Yeah. And then he sort of rubs, starts rubbing it on his face. Uh, it, it, the way that it's not, it's not like discreet at all. Yeah. Like you got something for me? Like, can't, like they motion to the, the the guard and he's looking right at them. <laughs> and he just puts a piece of dirt on the the table and and Dirty D just makes this big sweeping motion with his hand. <laughs> like oh that's the good stuff. So Pooties gets ready to board a bus to the country, and Trucky stops him and apologizes for telling Irene about his weaknesses and decides to go to the farm with Pooty. On the way, Trucky won't stop talking about all the things he's going to do on the farm. At the farm, he starts doing yard work, and Trucky immediately is miserable, and so he takes a cab back to the city. Pooty, meanwhile, embraces the simpler life, starts planting some corn, milking some cows, starts fixing up an old truck. Pooty goes to the general store and meets the sheriff, and the sheriff has a daughter that he hopes he can marry off to Pooty. I thought the girl in this, but then I had to look up the years, was the girl from 22 Jump Street, if you know what I'm um, talking about, the, like, villain in that. Oh, okay. 
Yeah. Oh, at yeah. first, when they first showed her, and then I looked at her and I was like, oh, yeah, that would be way too early for yeah, her. I was just say too young, I'd imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Back at Lecter Corp, Dirty D is now out of prison, and Lecter lays out his plan that he's going to use a bunch of Pootie Tang impersonators to shill for, for his uh, various products. And the great yeah. back and forth of, you stink. Dirty D goes, thanks. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> But Lecter says the only thing that could stop his plan is Pootie himself. So he gives Dirty D Pootie's belt and tells him to go kill Pootie Tang. Which is kind of, you know, it's kind of the wrong move to make, right? Because he's gone. Pootie's gone. Why would you try to go find him? Yeah. What he says is gone isn't good enough. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just, it's weird though, to me at least. Why would you entice him or why would you agitate him, you know? It's the reason why it fails. You know, right. his plan fails because he was expecting now that Dirty D has the belt that they would just get rid of Pootie Tang nice and easy. Yeah. Speaking of this scene, I mean, Robert Vaughn is in it. I kind of feel like Robert Vaughn was wasted in this movie. <laughs> it's entirely possible. Right. I mean, he doesn't have too many lines in it, but and going if you mirror it with basketball, he's also the villain and he has a bit more of a, of a role to play in it. And he's yeah. pretty funny in it. Back at the farm, the sheriff's daughter brings a pie to the house. Pootie takes the pie and starts rubbing it all him all over himself, all sexy-like. And then he tells her, I'm going to sign your penny on the runny kind. <laughs> and then she, just overwhelmed with lust, jumps at him. And they go careening in through a window. Again, man. Like, <laughs> I love this scene. <laughs> crashing. A crashing. I, lo- I love the music in this scene. I even remember the first time I saw this movie. I was like, "Why did this scene exist?" <laughs> it it serves no purpose in the the overall arc of this movie. And then just almost direct the camera, girl. I'm gonna sign your pity on the runicon. <laughs> yeah, it's oh man, that scene is part of why I don't get this movie. I don't like. I don't know what it's trying to do. Like it's funny at times, and then this scene exists. So then back in the city, all hell's breaking loose. There's drug dealing, drug using, booty shaking, fights. No one's reading, etc. There's another. <laughs> That's my another, favorite line of that whole thing. <laughs> there's another part where that one guy talking about his kids comes into play again. Tell me, Pootie Tang's got to come back. On the farm, Pootie has a breakdown when the one cornstalk he planted died. He has a vision of his dad as the cornstalk and his mom as the cow. Pootie's dad tells him that there's nothing special about the belt that he lost. It was in him the whole time. So it's his essentially mom... the, uh, the Odin and Thor scene in yeah. Ragnarok. Yeah. His mom tells him that he needs to teach the world right from wrong, but also love the world at the same time. Then back at the general store, as he's filling up on gas, the sheriff comes by and asks him about his time with his daughter. Asks him, you know, if they consummated their relationship. And he kind of says, yeah. And then the sheriff then says, well, when's the wedding? And Pootie Sang says, what? And he pulls a gun on him. And he's like, well, I'm going to ask you again. When's the wedding? <laughs> so question. We're talking about the, the scene where the mom shows up as a cow and Chris Rock shows up as a cornstalk. I kind of feel like the mother was wasted as well because the mother was really more of like a guiding uh, symbol to Pootie, right? I, just, I think it would have been better if the mom had stayed alive. Yeah, there's not really no like guiding force in his life. When you say that Robert Vaughn was wasted, I thought you meant like Eric Roberts wasted and stalked by my doctor. No, 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 no. <laughs> like wasted as in they didn't utilize him enough. Right. Like he's he's only in it for a handful of scenes in the beginning, like and yeah. it's really just shown. 
Yeah. And then he has more lines towards the end. <laughs> it would have been better if Robert Vaughn had been utilized throughout yes. the movie, not just sparingly, in my opinion. So you don't think he was drunk? Maybe a scene or two. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to rule that out. This, If you're going to be drunk on a movie, this is the movie to do it. I mean, he's an old, he was an old school guy. Yeah, he probably had some whiskey on him or some scotch. <laughs> Maybe. So the scene at the general store is happening and then Dirty D and Froggy show up. Sheriff tries to put an end to any violence before it happens and Froggy slaps him like a bitch. It's a good line. It's a good line. Pootie punches Froggy out and then stares down Dirty D, who reveals he has his belt. And they have a Mexican standoff, and Dirty D fails to use the belt. I love the Mexican standoff here. <laughs> yeah. They, they get so every time the, the camera cuts away, they move closer and then they finally move through each other, essentially. <laughs> yeah. I like the one shot where they're just like nose to nose and both their arms are they're, out. Right. <laughs> So Dirty D tries to use the belt, but it just kind of flops around. And then all of a sudden, the belt starts moving on its own. And eventually, it jumps out of his hand and jumps back into Pootie's hand. And then he just slaps the shit out of Dirty D with it. So he fights off Dirty D and his posse. And the day is saved, basically. But then Pootie thinks that it's all over. The sheriff then pulls a gun on Pootie once again, asking about the wedding. <laughs> then we cut to a shotgun wedding as Pootie and the sheriff's daughter are about to get hitched. Chucky drives up in Pootie's convertible, a Corvette, and to tell Pootie he needs to come back to the city because Elector is using his image to sell cigarettes and malt liquor. So Pootie thinks for a second and then jumps in his car, heads back to the city, leaving Chucky there to marry the sheriff's daughter on his own. Then Elector is at a grand opening ceremony for his new Pootie Tang bad time burger chain. David Cross is there oh, in blackface. In blackface, yeah, that's yeah. problematic. It, but it's the context. context. The context of it. Yes, because he's obviously impersonating Pootie right. Tang. It's not it's not being used maliciously. Right. Now, like I was worried about this scene because I was thinking, I was like, all right, well, we're going to touch on it, obviously, but how are we going to talk about it? Are well, we going to say, oh, you know, listen, it was a different time, or it wasn't used in a certain context, or like, like how did we want to go about it? Like, because well, it's is it uh, one I of those say, things where it's wrong? It's wrong, right? I will say this: none of us are African American, so if somebody is is offended by it, I 100% understand their offense. But I think context is everything. I think much in the same way Robert Downey Jr.'s character in Tropic Thunder is in blackface. Mm -hmm. It's I think this is kind of in that similar context. Right. So the absurdness of this scene of David Cross in poor blackface you know they've kind of just gave him a once over with some sort of makeup to be trying to be Pootie Tang when he's so clearly not is yeah. the con now I and I also wonder I, I feel like it would have had to have been brought up at a table read or or just like running through the scene yeah where like I'm sure David Cross spoke to someone Right, like be it Chris Rock, right. be it Rance, Lance Crother, whom, whomever. I would imagine they he would have asked, "Hey, is this okay? Like, mm -hmm. does anyone have any problems with this?" Now, I don't know if that's how it went, but it, that's how. If you were going to do this, it's probably again. I'm not going to say it should have been done, but like, I guess that's the right way to go about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's never right. to me, it's never right. right. But if since it was done, I'm Maybe that's how it went down. 
Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure Chris Rock was an executive producer on this. On this, so. I, I, yeah, I think he was. It's not that it's a different it, time. I don't want to say that. It's, but it was a different time in terms of what people allowed. It, it's tough to, to dance around it. You know, it, it's like tough to talk about it. I'm trying to say is that 19 years ago, people were pushing the envelope in comedy more than they are right now. Yes. I, I so mean, you it's not like a, a different of... time of being like, oh, well, it was a different time. Like they didn't think they, you know, there there was no offense taken because it was a different time. Or that they just didn't care. Right. Yeah. It was, I think blackface has always had that connotation, but at the same time as like 2001, we're really almost on the this prep precipice of the like this change in comedy where like comedy was becoming more edgy mm-hmm. and that doesn't make it bet that doesn't make it right it doesn't make it but i like once again i'm going back to the, the whole context is a, is a thing here it's not it's the whole that's the whole point right it's supposed to be so absurd and so yeah. obvious yeah that he's like, a white guy yeah in exactly blackface. it's not that he was it's not mickey rooney right. playing an asian character Mm-hmm. Or, you know, even, what's his name? The late night host, Jimmy Kimmel, playing Carl Malone. Uh, Carl Malone right? right? Like, that's supposed to be, that's not being taken as what this is, essentially. Yeah. The joke was, here is that it's quite obviously David Cross right. pretending to be someone that he's not. And part of that pretending to be someone that he's not is one of the worst attempts at blackface ever, just in terms of execution. <laughs> Isn't it crazy how everyone has everyone who's done it has gotten nailed? Like I said, Jimmy Kimmel, Sarah Silverman has gotten nailed with it, but David Cross has seemed to have gone under the radar with it. Because nobody no one, watches Booty Tag. I guess right. No <laughs> one talked about it, but I remember vividly that scene because it's actually a funny scene. Yeah. Right. The way he talks is is very proper yeah. and like oh so. Clap it up, my hammies. You know, it's so anti pooty Yeah. It's like, no, I'm pooty. <laughs> right. Don't pay attention to that, man. That's not the real pooty tang. This is the real pooty tang. Yes, I am the real pooty tang. Yeah, and, and I think it's also the how bad the makeup was. Yeah, it's very spotty. Makes it. Yeah, maybe puts it in a slightly separate category. But I, as Ann said, if it's offensive, I can't say what is because it's not my race being, you know, portrayed in that way. The reason this one doesn't get looked at as much is because it's a very poor job of the makeup and also the movie's not very popular. Yeah, Um, I think that's more so. I think the more argument you'll get into is the Robert Downey Jr. and Tropic Thunder argument about context. That always cracks me up where people will just find out about Tropic Thunder. Like, hold up. Robert Downey Jr. did blackface and we're not canceling him like the whole point. And he point... got nominated for an Oscar. Yeah, that's even crazier. <laughs> the whole point of that character was to show how bad it is. Yeah. Yeah. I was just curious because it it was definitely something that, you know, in 2001, we didn't even look, we didn't think twice about. Like, oh, I mean, that's obviously David Cross doing bad blackface. Mm-hmm. But now it's, it had to be talked about, I guess. Do you think he ever thinks back on it, David Cross? <laughs> I think he kind of does that one gif, the side eye gif of like, I hope no one brings this up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The kid like, mm, okay. <laughs> Whoops. I also, uh, David Cross would probably just say, go fuck yourselves. Probably. Yeah. He's uh, he's definitely one of those people who. <laughs> if you assholes don't understand context, then you could go fuck yourself. <laughs> probably. Yeah, probably. He He's definitely more on the, the woke side as a comedian, yeah. I think. He would probably tell you, hey. 
I spoke with so and so. No one gave a shit. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. That and that's probably how it would end. Yeah. Pootie Tang shows up and starts fighting off all the Pootie impersonators with the help of Biggie Shorty. Like there tries to escape in his limo, but Biggie Shorty drops a sign on the limo from a nearby crane. Then Pootie pulls Elector out of the car and spanks him with his belt. Then the reporters ask what Pootie is going to do next. And Biggie Shorty jumps in and says that they're going to get married. Pootie Tang says, yeah. And then Biggie Shorty and Pootie go to visit with Irene and punch her out. Then we get some postscripts. Irene is counseling Teen Hose. Lecter became an actor. Lacey is still getting on JB's nerves. And he's getting on his nerves, too. That That's probably the best post-credit scene is the man it's hot. Yeah, it's hot today. Yeah, that's one of the best scenes of the movie. <laughs> you know it's hot out. I know, I just said that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm just saying, you know it's hot out. It's, yeah, it's, that, again, I think he's one of the better characters in the movie. Yeah. So then we cut back to Bob Costas, who is confused by the fact that the clip was for the entire movie. And then he gets mad at Pootie for saying one of his gibberish quotes. And then Pootie has to restate what he said. There was a question of, what was it, call me down on the panty side? Yes. But he call, call me down. He, I forget. He he leaves something out. Yeah. Right? And, and it's very uncomfortable. What did you just say to me? <laughs> what did you just say to me? Call, call me down on the panty side? What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> just... I, at this point, I thought it was going to switch the bit where... You know, Bob Costas the whole time had no idea what Pootie was saying. That's what I saying. thought, too. I was like, oh, he didn't understand what was going on. But yeah, it was like, call me down. Oh, call me down on the panty side. Okay. <laughs> Classic Bob Costas. Yeah. He, he should have been nominated for this role. <laughs> He's good in it. And then we get some outtake scenes and some deleted scenes at the during the credits. One including a very young Kristen Bell. Far and, too many outtakes, deleted scenes, by yeah. the way. Yeah, I don't think we really needed any. And more and, of him dancing. He dances yeah, for another, a like lot of him five dancing. minutes. Yeah. And that's it. That's Pootie Tang. It's a it's a quick 82 minutes. <laughs> and and half of that is stock footage and the other half is in slow motion. <laughs> yeah, it's again, to me, this movie uh now it makes a little more sense now that I've learned that the studio kind of butchered it. I get what it was trying to tell. But its its execution was poor. Like I said at the beginning, there I wasn't gonna lie and sit here like I hated this movie. It didn't make me laugh like like Johnny English did. I didn't like that movie and it didn't make me laugh. But this movie I didn't like. But it does have a good amount of funny scenes. So credit where credits due. Again, I mean it's hard not to laugh, right? I mean you had for everything that he's done, Louis C.K. was a funny guy, I guess objectively. Chris Rock is funny. Wanda Sykes is funny. J I love J.B. Smoove. He's funny. We said Je- Jennifer Coolidge, David Tell, and Bob, I mean, even Bob Costas. Like everyone was funny, but it's just like some of the jokes were. I don't know what happened. Like you, I think they landed more often than not. But the ones that don't land just really hurt the movie, in my opinion. It just it it, it just brings it back down to zero. Okay, Mark, what are your final thoughts on this movie? Yeah, it was it was nice to go back to it after you know not seeing it for a long time, and I was surprised at how many scenes actually made me uh, laugh out loud. But yeah, it was it was a little weird finally uh, because I've heard more context of this movie in terms of like four or five lines from you, Aunt, than I've seen the whole movie in the last ten years. So it was kind of weird to go back and just see the context of, of everything and get finally get a lot of the jokes like in full instead of just going oh yeah i kind of remember that 
like I said, I think it's a movie that if you're into absurdist comedy and just want to at least check it out, it's one of those movies you can't like push your recommendation on because it's going to feel like uh, you're putting too many high expectations on it. So, yeah, final thought is, is if you like any of the actors in this movie, at least give it a shot. Okay. I love this movie. I think it's hilarious in spite of it being such a poor end product. I think it's a sh- it's a shame that we couldn't get something that was a little more competently put together because I think it might have been a better movie. It might have been because it's in spite of all that, there are still so much so many funny things like still left in there. And I don't know what that would mean if we if we got a cop. Maybe it would be just as funny. Maybe it would be funnier. Maybe it wouldn't be as funny. Maybe part of the humor in it is that it's just such a mess. I don't know. But it's, like I said, uh, we call this this website the main name because of this movie. So I can't really tell you how much, how much I find this movie hilarious. That's it. You guys got any last words before we uh, head out of here? No, I mean, I agree with Mark. It's It's tough to recommend this movie because it is for acquired tastes, I would say. But if you if you found this movie funny, I applaud you for it because <laughs> it's not for everyone. And uh, the first time I watched it, I I desperately wanted to like it because my friends liked it, and I like I wanted to be in on the joke. But it just I, it didn't land for me. And you guys did a good job of making me feel like the asshole, by the way, <laughs> which is so far from the truth. I'm the one who should be laughing at you guys. What the hell's the matter with you? But yeah, you guys made me feel so bad for not liking the movie. What don't you get, bro? It's, there's no reason to it, man. It's It doesn't have to be good. You and your fucking... You're like, you're anti-label bullshit that you used to be on. Do you remember that? You might still be on it. I don't know. Like, we're We're going, like, for the listeners, we're going back to, like, when we were still in college, by the way. But Anthony had this whole thing where, like, not everything needed to be labeled. So this was one of those things where, like, it's not good. Like, it doesn't have to be good. And why do you have to put that on this movie? Because that's what movies are, Ant. All right? They're either good or they're bad. (laughs) You either like them or you don't. (laughs) But, yeah, if you like this movie, that's good. I'm I'm glad that you like it. Uh, I don't get it, but... You know, again, as Anthony said, we've done a hundred movies where uh, either we liked it or we hated it, and we've enjoyed every minute of it. So, a hundred episodes. Here's to a hundred more. Okay. And yeah, I think that's gonna wrap it up this week. This is episode 100, and couldn't have picked a better movie for that. We are themaindamey.com, and you can find us on all social at themaindamey. So that's Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. At the main namey. Now, I hope there's some context to that name now, if you listen to this. You could also find this at theycallthismovie.podbean.com and on all podcast streaming apps. Just look for They Call This Movie and we should pop right up. If you have any questions or comments you want to suggest a movie to us, you can hit us up at themaindamey at gmail.com. And we are also a proud member of Geek Vibes Nation. You can find them at gvnation.com on all social and all podcast apps at Geek Vibes Nation. Bunch of great shows besides us. So many awesome shows. Bunch of, if you're into nerdy shit, it's probably a show for you. Uh, we mentioned Tia's show. There's Scene and Nerd. Gutting the Gutting Sacred, the sacred Cow. Cow. Yeah. And they're, they're, of, I would recommend them as well. They're, yeah. They have a solid podcast. Yes, they do. But yeah, that's, that's going to wrap it up, I think, this week. So 
next week. We're probably not going to do a movie. We're probably just going to do 100 episodes spectacular. So we'll probably kind of talk about our favorite moments from the podcast. So tune into that. And then after that, if my uh, my calculations are correct, we will be getting fully into 31 days of horror. So we're going to do five straight weeks of horror movies. So that should be fun. It's our favorite time of the year for this for this shit. So we always enjoy getting an opportunity beside mark doesn't necessarily <laughs> i always get a love going deep into the horror uh during 31 days of horror but uh, yeah that's gonna wrap it up director of pootie tang is louis ck and i'm gonna bring something back <laughs> specifically so for dan aquino and mark myers this is anthony del vecchio telling louis ck to go fuck himself 